Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Mature Gamer Podcast, Bits and PCs. Uh, my name's Vimesy, and tonight I've been joined with the wonderful Clarky Snap. Hello. Or Clarky to his friends. Well, there's there lots, we of, go. lots of things we call him. Clarky's one. Wait, wait I have friends? <laughs> Only online. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes, welcome to episode 46. Um, it is just me and the Clarkster uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to be going through what games we've been playing, anything else that springs to mind. Have a little talk about uh, a couple of book, uh, well, films actually tonight. It looks like we've been watching, and then on to a little bit of uh, some news about what's been happening in the gaming world. Um, it's very difficult to find any PC game related news, so most of that's going to be Xbox One related, how it relates to PC gaming. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, we're trying out a little new format tonight. Um, not much will change for the listeners, I would have thought. We're just trying to mix things up a little bit, and we're going to introduce a couple of new features, hopefully, that will make their way into the regular slots. Uh, as always, we really do appreciate your feedback on this, and not just through iTunes reviews, but if you want to get a hold of us, uh, we give details out at the end of how you can Twitter us and how you can email us. We really do appreciate feedback to let you know if we're hitting the right spot or not. So, without further ado, um, Clarky, what have you been playing, my friend? I've picked up Borderlands 2, finally, in that sale that was on the other week. And a particular sale, because this is the steam sales sale on every week every week every day. Uh, the, the, this was a particular steam sale so i think i picked it up for 12.99 or somewhere thereabouts okay. and uh yeah i've uh, once again paid money for a very very pretty looking loot whoring game well there's a surprise yeah so i mean I, I can't really be the one to speak on this at all but um <laughs> Haven't you got some other games you should be playing rather than spending money on new ones? Well, exactly what you mean is in loot whoring in Torchlight 2 or loot whoring in Diablo 3 or loot whoring in the game I'll talk about shortly. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of loot whoring going on. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm quite enjoying it. I've had a little go with, uh, I think, Capsalis and Cavino. He was kind of showing me the ropes the other night. Um, loving the humour in game, um, but apart from that, it's pretty much something I've done a thousand times before, and I'm currently doing a thousand times over. Did you play the first one? Uh, this is—I think I played about three hours of the first one. I picked it up cheap on Xbox, and yeah, I liked it. I liked the whole graphic style, I the humour. Really, in it. really bored of the first one. Well, that's—yeah. Yeah, kind of see myself going this way with this one but hey i think it's one of those games where if you're if you're with people and you're playing it and it might come on to the game you're talking about next if you're playing it with with mates it's always going to be a good game i mean Absolutely. even even aliens colonial marines was apparently good with friends but you'd know more about that than I. <laughs> well actually no i wouldn't because nobody fucking bought it on the pc so <laughs> you get to play it online with anyone oh, brilliant. um I can add that to my ever-increasing to-do list. But, uh, yeah, Borderlands 2, nothing much to say that we haven't already gone over. Uh, Like I say, I am enjoying it, and we'll uh, probably play another two hours before forgetting about it and spending £40 on the next two-hour thing I'm going to play through. Sounds good to me. Absolutely. So the next one, we've both played a bit of. Defiance. Yeah. Have you watched... I... Very... Lacks polish. Yeah. It, if you think it's like playing Mass Effect Three, it's like playing Gears of War. Gears of War in Horde mode. It seems to be a bit of a jack of all, master of none at the moment. 
Mm. I mean, I said, you say you can ask if I've watched the TV show, and I haven't at all. So I've, I, I've watched a couple of episodes of it. It's it's old school sci-fi, more uh, more Farscape and Star Trek than the. Uh, Careful, I like group. Farscape. Oh, I like Farscape as well. But, I like uh, old school sci-fi a bit more than the gritty stuff they're putting on TV these days. Or... Too much sex and all that. Tut tut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so you're playing this on 360, aren't you? I am, yeah, because I wanted. I actually don't think I have any games I need to finish on the 360, and I kind of wanted a game that I could sit in the armchair and play. Because obviously, my... justify the 360 is what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. Sounds about right. Um, so, what's it like on that? Is, is it okay? Is it? Is it? It is okay. Just okay. I'm enjoying it, but it's just okay. Um, very, very long install, um, especially with the uh, downloader speeds. I, yeah, I think it's. I think it was 40 minutes to install the game. Okay, um, oh, right, because it's all got to go on the hard drive, isn't it? It has to, yeah, it won't run off the disk. Um, first time I played it, it downloaded another 25 minutes worth of updates, had a quick go on it, and then one thing led to another and didn't play it for two days, after which there was another huge update. So uh, after I'd, I'd, I know I jumped into TeamSpeak last night while you were all playing it on the PC, and I thought, I'll, I'll go and have a go on it. And ended up sat there for fifty minutes waiting for another update. <laughs> well, the PC the PC version's not that bad. I think it was about a ten gig download. Yeah. And then I think I had a one and a half gig install after that. Um, so that didn't take very long. Well, no, that, that update I did last night shouldn't have taken very long. But um, there was some sort of error that said if if this update isn't installing correctly, please completely uninstall the game and reinstall oh, it. Oh, bloody hell. Yes, really? which is what I have to do. Which is what oh, I have to do. God, they really are trying to turn the 360 into a PC, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a weird one to describe. I, I like it, but it's by no means perfect. But I, I mean, I found myself sat there playing it for three hours this afternoon. Doing I know, it's weird. I almost joined you. I didn't know you were on the 360. Obviously, I couldn't join you because I got the PC vision. But I was, I was sitting here this afternoon thinking my daughter had just gone out for a nap and I was like, what should I play? And I was uh, really itching. I mean, I, I basically um, made the mistake of going into TeamSpeak on Saturday night when um, Kev off the main show and um, a few other people were playing. I think Pab was playing it and Absilus probably. I can't remember. And they, they were playing it, and I was just listening to them having a right laugh. And I was like, no, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. But I will just go and have a look at Steam and just see how much it is. And then I worked out there was a four-pack. And then I worked out how much that four-pack would cost. And it turned out it's only going to cost me like 18 quid. And cut a long story short, I got a tweet off Pab on the it was Sunday morning saying, I bought it. One here's got your name on it. And I was like, oh, well, I have to now, don't I? You know, basically <laughs> at gunpoint, I've been told to. So, yeah, and I went on on Sunday night and um, I really, I am really actually quite enjoying it. It's kind of what I've always wanted from an MMO. My, my big bugbear with MMOs has always been um, it's all hot bars and cooldowns and do you know what I mean? It's all that sort yeah. of constantly spamming one two three four or whatever it is you know it's it's that kind of thing and the great thing about defiance is there is none of that you have a couple of you have your your special ability or whatever it is that you can have so you might have i don't know i think the one i've got is like a, a cloak so you turn invisible for 
a certain period of time. You get yeah. other ones, which which means you move. You have fifty percent. See, it's called blur, so you have fifty percent um, speed increase or whatever. And there's another couple or whatever, and they just map to your bumper because I'm playing this on the, the controller, which is another great thing about it. And, no, uh, I uh, I chose the um, the one that supercharges your weapon for ten yeah, seconds or so. Yeah, gives, gives you like more damage and stuff, which is you know I wasn't really sure, and I don't know as you go on whether you can unlock the other three options because there's four options, four kind of super skills if you like. Yeah, I think and, you. Can- I think you can unlock them, but you can only have one equipped at any yeah, one time. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those, isn't it? You have one ability unlock at any one point. So, you know, and, and, and off each ability, you kind of, there, there are perks, if you like, that attach to that ability, and you can unlock those as you go along, as well as a kind of weird skill tree sort of element to it. That, but that's, That system's kind of a little bit of a bugbear as well, because it doesn't do much in the way of explaining how it all works. No, and this is something I was talking about to the guys last night. It does not give you any real... There's no hand-holding in this at all. No, 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 no. It kind of dumps you in there, and it gives you your basic thing about, you know, pull trigger to fire gun and, you know do this to fire a grenade and, and pull this to attach your special ability but at no point does it go into things like there's, there's all sorts of things in the background like how you mod your weapons um, how you can use um, sellers how you can, you know, all that kind of merchant type stuff, how you can um, manipulate your, your abilities or anything like that, there's, there's nothing there which tells you how to do this um, it's all kind of trial and error which is, is some of it's quite good fun in the sense that that's it's quite fun finding these things out. But if I was going into this game solo without anybody playing it as well, you would probably miss out on quite a lot of stuff, especially if you don't wiki it or, or go and search YouTube. And Absolutely, it. yeah. But, I um, mean, yeah, go on. Uh, well, I was going to go on to its, uh, how it ties in with the TV show. Oh, please tell me, because I can't see how they've done this. It's tenuous at best. You, you're talking about... What will amount to nothing more than maybe a throwaway, a throwaway com- uh, comment in the show, Matt, equals a mission in the uh, the actual game. It's, it's it's nothing more than that. I, um, I don't think anybody expected much more than that, did they? Well, I was a bit disappointed because I actually watched the show and then picked the game up. The uh, the arc falls. Yeah. In the game, you're basically fighting monsters around a huge chunk of what looks like a flashing meteorite mm-hmm. in the tv series when an arc fall happens what a, a huge chunk of a spaceship or other yeah plummets to the ground exactly and you're basically walking around ex- uh, in the show they basically walk around and explore that looking for alien tech probably uh, while being attacked but uh, i don't know i think that's just uh, just something they've obviously done to streamline the game because I, I think it'd probably kill the servers if you had a huge Space cruisers crashing all over the place. It's interesting. But yeah, it, it it it's a tenuous link. I mean, the um, the two characters you start off with in the drop pods at the start of the yeah, game. Yeah, they're obviously the main characters. The, the they're, yeah, they're the main two characters. That's that's so show. obviously highlighted. It's untrue, and you know, a lot's been made of, of the kind of the hammy acting and stuff in in the um in the game, the kind of the cutscenes and the, I actually quite like that. I think it lends a kind of charm to the, to the, to the game, which, you know, it's not yeah. taking itself particularly seriously. It is quite tongue in cheek. No, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this show. Cause not in part as we were speaking about Farscape. One of the writers is actually one of the, I think the creator or the co-creator of Farscape. Oh, okay. I did not know that. 
So uh, yeah, it, it's worth a point you might like the show, but like I, I think say, it's I think it's dropped down quite quickly. I think on consoles, you, well, and and PC, I think you can get it for twenty five quid, yeah. pretty much off the bat. Um, and I think for that, it's definitely worth your money. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of things in there. I mean, even from people who I know who played the beta, uh, and they say it's it's improved immensely from then. And judging by the number of patches you've had to put through, it sounds like they're still improving it. Oh, absolutely. I think it's one of those things if you're going to go for a console MMO um, it's probably a good one to start because there is no hot de- you know it's basically a third person shooter uh, and I like that I like the fact it's 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 asking me to use some skill here um, rather than just what order am I going to hit the buttons in to release my skills you know it is literally you know you have to actually point and shoot or something and um, I like the fact they've made everything in the game really easy. They've made it as accessible, more accessible than something like um, Guild Wars 2, which is a feat. I mean, even things like you can just walk to your buddy. You can just go straight to them. You don't have to, you know, none of that fancy about to sort of, you know, go off one foot or anything like that. Or they give you um, a mount, you know, your, your ATV straight away. Within the first half an hour of the game, you get that. Yeah. So you can drive around in your, on your quad bike for, to your heart's content. Um, I, I quite like it. It's got that very Borderlands feel of it where it's just basically a loot fest. So, no, I mean, I haven't had the chance to play with friends at the moment. I'm, I'm trying to strong arm Gibber into picking it up, though. Did he get, pick, uh, pick it up today? I don't know whether he did or not. but um, I'll, I'll have to pester him and find out. But it's, know, a it, good, it's, a good, it's a good thing yeah. to do with your mates. It really is and, quite good fun. And obviously there are other people on there as well who you can meet up with. I mean, I haven't specifically joined up with anyone on a mission, but I was farting through a mission today and uh, got knocked out and some random bloke just came over and picked me up which I thought oh that's a nice little touch that yeah I mean it's it's good I mean it does all the things right so if you are playing I think it only gives you a squad of four so you know you can team mm. up with four of you into the same sort of squad if you like um, and that works quite well because then obviously you all take the mission on and you can go and complete it together and stuff and it scales that quite nicely so the difficulty was if I was doing it solo it would be easier than if I'm doing it with mates and some of them are quite actually quite challenging some of the some of the boss yeah. fights and stuff and, and noticed in one of the patches they've um, i think they've done something with regards to the vehicles um because what was happening when i first when i played on it it'll be over a week ago now was um when people were arriving at the arc falls they were basically presented with three or four people with guns shooting stuff and the rest driving around running stuff over in vehicles i think they've greatly sort of lowered the amount yeah the amount of, yeah and the amount of damage vehicles can take before they blow up's been decreased as well so yeah it's, it's little fixes like that that are making it uh making i think it i think it might be one of those ones i think um it's probably done better than they thought it might do maybe i mean it had a big push there's a lot of advertising for it oh yeah um and i you know i know the more people have picked it up than i thought would put it that way and it might be because it's a relatively quiet time with gaming or whatever i don't know or it might be the fact that it's a new soul mmo or something i don't again i don't know have you bought anything from it yet um paid money in game no no the monetization of this is (laughs) they really have gone to town oh yeah (laughs) because um you know i'm not sure i agree with some of it you start off the game and you have like 15 infantry slots that's it yeah um and then i think you, you, they increase as you as you skill up and you, you you rank up you level up if you like very quickly so i'm at level 78 after about three hours play if that 
exactly yeah yeah you know you you do go it's called an ego level or something like that and i don't know what level you end up at but there are people in like the hundreds or whatever it is but um i think i think your inventory it might unlock more more inventory as you go up but you can it does you can go and spend six quid for example buying 15 more inventory slots so you can you know yeah i i I got just over level 100 today and it did i think i briefly saw something come on screen saying i'd unlock four infantry slots yeah four but i know Mm -hmm. i know i know somebody who who will name nameless called pab who um has actually spent money and he's purchased the inventory slot and he also bought himself a rather snazzy outfit as well to go with it. <laughs> so it, it will rope people in. And I was looking through it and I was thinking, actually, do you know what? I could spend quite a lot of money on this if I wanted to. You know, it wouldn't be difficult for me to go in there and actually go, oh, I quite fancy that outfit or I want to buy that car or, you know, all this sort of stuff. It would be very, very easy to spend lots of money very, very quickly. Oh, absolutely. So but, I'm, uh, staying, no, I'm staying well away from that. Okay. Me too. <laughs> so I think that's about, probably enough about Defiance. I think it's a good game. Um, I'd like to know where they're going to take it, where they're going to go from here with it. Um, well, I, I know the show's been renewed for a second season, which for something that's airing on the Sci-Fi Channel is a complete and utter miracle. But uh, uh, yeah, true. Hopefully, hopefully, while there's interest in one or the other, the uh, the show or the piece or the uh, the game may continue on. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's let's hope so. Because I'm, I'm, I find them enjoy. I don't know how long it will hold the community's interest for, but it's certainly a, a good laugh and, and worth your money for the time being. Anyway. There we go. Uh, and my last one, uh, I believe someone was wittering in my ear quite a lot to pick this one up. Go on. <laughs> World of Tanks. Hey. And strangely enjoyable, isn't it? Isn't yes. it just? It's the bizarrest thing. I went into this fully expecting to hate this game. It's slow paced. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just found myself drawn to it. It's a, I I found it weirdly addictive. Um, yeah. to the to the point that when I wasn't playing it, I was kind of thinking about it more than I probably should have done. It reminded yes. me of John's conversations about League of Legends and stuff. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But um, I've actually enjoyed. I haven't played it for a week because I've been on holiday and have no access to PC. So. I, I'm looking forward to, to playing some more of it because it is—it's a different kind of game. Um, but go on, give me your give me your experiences of it. it I only had a couple of goes on it, just uh, obviously with one thing and another. But uh, yeah, it, I don't really know. I—I'm I, just finding myself enjoying it. I was playing a—I uh, think the first map I played in was uh, was kind of a—I don't. I'm assuming there are different maps on it. But, uh, yeah. I, I was plonked into a town. Um, had my gang on one side of the town, the enemy on the other, and it, it it just seemed obvious what to do from the start. It was like you know everyone seemed to pick their own little street to move up and uh, patrol looking for enemy. Um, me being the uh, the noob, just followed one of the other tanks and uh, found it, found an enemy tank at the other side of a uh, a train, and obviously with a no com- conversation with the other player whatsoever, managed to execute an amazing pincer movement on it and uh, <laughs> blow it up. Um, which was short-lived because I got destroyed two minutes later. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's I don't. I'm just struggling to. I'm struggling to describe how I like it. I mean, control-wise, it Could it's be much simpler, could it? No, absolutely. It, it's simple controls. What gives you the illusion that it's you know you're you're a tank commander. You've you know 
fire slightly in front of a moving target and all that. Yeah. The weaker at the back. Yeah. Um, obviously, something... Apparently, like, you can aim for, like, hatches and stuff, but I've no idea if that's actually got, you know... Really? Yeah, apparently so. It goes down to that level, but I don't actually know if that's if that's been borne out or whatever, but, yeah. I just think it's an amazingly simple game. I think there's some stuff they need to do with it as far as the map rotation. There aren't that many maps. I think, I think maybe I've played five or six. I don't know, but they would be better with more. And uh, I, they, I could... I could see from what I was looking at in the menus is uh, definitely a uh, pay aspect on this one. Yeah, and it was, I, I remember saying on the last show, I found myself hovering over that pay money mm. to get stuff thing. Not because particularly um, I needed to, or anything like that really. Um, it was more about the fact that if you if you kind of, if you became a member, I think it was like £8.50 a month or whatever, it would up your XP and your other points or whatever it was so you'd end up leveling up quicker and get to more tanks and it's like it becomes a pokemon thing that's kind of like that i want to catch them all kind of i want to have yeah. all the tanks i want to have all the tanks i um, was trying i was trying to talk my dad into buying it because he uh he's into it all his war member being well, it's free to play so i mean it's absolutely free, and he, he has a particular enjoyment of uh building model tanks and <laughs> has his little has his little radio controlled one with uh which fires bb pellets out of it <laughs> Well, I think we'll, we'll talk about this a bit later on because I think it's an idea for, for one of our features we've got coming Absolutely. up. Absolutely, yes. Try and, try and talk a little bit more about it. Is that your lot then? That's lot. That's my lot for this week, yes. Brilliant stuff. Um, I'm going to briefly mention uh, a game I've been playing that um, Johnny Boy um, of the Steam Group uh, kindly gifted me a beta invite to, which is a game called Rising Storm, which is the sequel to Red Orchestra. Uh, well, Red Orchestra 2, so this is the third in, in the series. And um, it's basically a first-person shooter, but set in the um, Pacific Wars at the end of World War II, so kind of Japan versus the US, if you like. Um, Whereas I'm assuming Red Orchestra was Russia. Yeah, it was. It was, it was there we go. Russians, <laughs> versus Russians. And um, uh, basically kind of around Stalingrad and that kind of thing. And um, I had a few goes. I think Bouncy very kindly sent me a a couple of weekend passes to Red Orchestra, and I played that. I quite quite enjoyed it. But the Rising Storm is 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 very different uh, in the sense that the the environments are uh, are much more varied. Um, Red Orchestra is basically snow and um, ruins of big city. You know, is that kind of, and it seemed to always kind of be like that. But, but you know, I didn't play that many maps, so there may have been a few. But um, Rising Storm has has a much better, you know, has a slightly more variety than that. So I don't know how much I can say about this because I, I might be NDA'd up. I couldn't actually find the NDA agreement anyway, so I don't know what I've signed. Uh, don't worry about it. John will pay any fans that we get hit with. That's very true. It's his show. Um, so <laughs> it, it's 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 bloody hard. It is a proper, you know, there's no real, it, it, no help there. It, it's very. They, they try and be simmy. Um, you know, it's not. It's kind of like armor in that sense. That level of realism to it. Yeah. Um, but but not quite. So, you know, the enemies are quite hard to see because obviously they're wearing camouflage. Um, you, you sh- you're shooting as you can. You'll just die if you get hit once, um, depending on where you get hit, uh, or you'll bleed out if you get if you get kind of winged or whatever. Um, 
it's really hard for a noob to get into because it's just people out there have been playing these games for a long time and no, I can imagine getting your arse handed to you. But once you get in the spirit of things and you start actually sort of following a couple of people and getting to know the maps a little better, it does become really good fun. Um, I think at the moment you can pre-order it on Steam for about twelve quid. I think on retail it comes out at fifteen. Um, don't know if I'll purchase it because do I really need another first-person shoot in my life? But um, <laughs> it's a very you know I I'm I enjoyed my time limited time with it immensely, uh, and we'll go back and play the beta a little bit more before making my mind up on that one. Um, so I just wanted to give that one a little heads up. Um, and the the other two I've been playing. Uh, are Planet Side 2 on the PC and also Dust 514 on the PS3. And I kind of group them together because they're very similar types of games. Yes, they are. Um, so I want. I was talking to, I think, Beastie and a couple of people on the team speak about saying, I've never been able to find that one game, the one game that I really should kind of, you know, <laughs> should dominate my life. You know, John had League of Legends for a time. Um, you had Barbie's Horse Adventure, and I Absolutely. get, I, I haven't really ever found that, <laughs> that kind of game yet. And they was like, well, you know, I wonder what you like. And I was like, well, you know, first-person shooters, they're, they're kind of, I quite like those. I like the tactical aspect. I like team play. I like, I like providing that support role generally in, in first-person shooters. Um, I like games like Battlefield, but they don't seem to. Have, Battlefield is great, but it doesn't never seem to have that sort of persistence. And they was like, right, okay, there's your choices then. Uh, Planet Side Two on the PC. Um, and I went back and tried playing that again, and I just, I'm not sure I like it. Um, I like what it tries to do, I just don't know if the gameplay is there. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to give these two a proper go, but I think I really need somebody to hold my hand on this, whether you'd be up for that, Vamsy, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Uh, I'm the best person to do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... I mean, with both, I've had a go on both of them. I mean, I had a quick go on Dust Five One Four the other night, and it it, it just seems I've been plonked I've been plonked on a planet, and right, no, where do a, I go? It's a little bit it's a little bit easier than that, and, and yeah, by all means, we can, we can hook up on that. Uh, I think that the the thing about these two games, which which okay, they're both space first person shooters, for want of a better term, but you know. Um, in the sense that they're both on, on futuristic worlds where you're fighting with lasers and hover ships and, and all this sort of thing and drop ships and whatever. Um, but the, it's the, the bit that makes it really difficult is the bit before that, the kind of the metagame, the kind of the UI before that, where you've got to go in and you've got to kit yourself out and you've got your skill trees, and you've got your unlocks and you've got, you know, you're accruing skill points or XP or whatever, which allows you to unlock this and this and this and this and this. Um, and they both do that in, in kind of the same way. And, and uh, planet side is slightly less confusing because it's very simple. You know, you, you go in there and you, you as you level up, you, you gain points where you can buy, you can exchange real money for station cash and you can buy things that way. Um, none of these games are particularly pay to win, although obviously paying money helps. So <laughs> you can't deny that, I don't think. Um, so Planet Side will do it quite simply. It's a much more simple interface. You go in there and you, you start thinking. But the thing I'm not sure about Planet Side is the actual gameplay itself. Now, I've played this for a few hours. I've played it solo, which is, is never the best way to play one of these games because you are one minnow in a, in a kind of flood of, 
with other players, and I've played it with a few other people as well. I managed to hook up with some really good, um, some really good Americans the other night. And got involved in their squad, and, and we were playing quite, quite well as a team. But the actual gameplay for Planet Side just doesn't quite seem to be there. The guns don't seem to have a, a huge amount of weight to them. Um, the ones I've been playing with anyway, and again, I'm no planet side expert, but it's the bit about how you progress through. So what would happen was basically that it was a bit like those arc falls in Defiance in many ways. You kind of, you'd, you'd start, you, you, you sort of drop ship into a, into a place where you're taking over a facility, you'd capture that, and then the whole lot of you would charge off in one direction, and you just have these tanks and these airplanes and it all looks very cinematic when all charging off across the landscape towards the next facility um, and then you'd all attack that one and there was an awful lot of in, in planet side kind of there there are there are areas you just kind of got the enemy spawn points inside the defenders spawn points that you can't cross the red barrier and you just get everybody standing outside these these red gates <laughs> waiting for them to go down before they could charge in and the gates would come down we'd all charge in and that would be it. The base was captured, and then you'd all charge across the landscape, to, and it was just like this rolling wave, but never really that much combat. Lots of waiting around, lots of um, not really doing very much. Um, and the few firefights I got into were quite good and quite exciting, but there was that very floaty kind of Halo feel to it. And I'm not a Halo player; I much prefer Battlefield to that. Whereas Dust 514, and I know this is a PS3 game, and I'm linking it as a PC podcast through Eve, basically. I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> Dust 514 has a, an incredibly complex, as you'd imagine from a kind of Eve standpoint, a very complex kind of pre-game where you have to read, you know, you purchase skill books, and then you can spend spend your, you say, your in-game currency is ISK, you spend that to buy skill books and then you can use your skill points or your XP if you like to rank up through various skills. So if you want to go and use a particular assault rifle for example you need to have learnt these skills before you can do that. Um, if you want to go and you want to specialise in say sniping um, when you first get the, 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 the um, your first sort of sniper gun you'll drop ship down onto a planet you'll bring your sights up and your, you know, your waver, your sway on your gun is quite noticeable. It's bloody hard. The more you put into the skill tree of this, the the less your gun sway. So, you know, as you you kind of rank up through the skills of that particular tree path, your, your, you know, the sway will reduce until you, you you get better at using the gun and so on. So it's that kind of thing. But it's very, very complicated to get into. And I've noticed because I I haven't played this since the beta launched in the history last year. And it's been that long in. Uh, it's been a long time in beta, open beta, and they have actually changed the the UI quite a lot to try and help new players. And it is a lot simpler, but it's still, you know, for a newbie, it's bloody confusing. But anyway, so once you've got that, you drop ship onto the planet or whatever you launch it. You know, you go into instant battle, or you can you've kind of basically got team deathmatch, or you've got skirmish. Skirmish is basically battlefield. It's a sense of um, you know, it's it's you you, you drop. You know, you have a map and you've got five A, B, C, D, E, and you have to capture those five points. By capturing those five points, it means your ticket count, uh, their ticket count goes down quicker or whatever, or um, and you basically just you capture the territory. And that is a bloody good fun game. It's much more battlefield esque. It has that weight to it. It has that feel to it. Um, 
and I can see myself actually losing quite some time into that game. So I'm going to try and put some effort into actually sort of getting on a couple of times a week and playing Dust. Um, very very complicated back sort of um, off the UI, so you can you can kind of customize your your, your drop suit, you can customize your weapons, the skills you've learned, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I noticed when I was looking at it, there's a hell of a lot of that to look through. There is, but you can kind of you can kind of um, you can kind of uh, you know minimize that because obviously if you don't want to be a tank commander or you don't want to fly a dropship don't go down that path you don't even need to start <laughs> looking down you know what i mean you don't even look down yeah. that line if you don't want to be a kind of um anti-tank or you know anti-vehicle soldier don't go and look at the anti-tank soldier skill tree just go and look at the areas you want to look at so you can kind of get rid of quite a lot of the crap um you know um there is there is monetary stuff involved in it but again most of it seems to be uh, you know, it's either cosmetic stuff, which is pointless in the first person, as far as I'm concerned, or there is um, stuff around. You know, you can basically you can buy blueprints of guns and things like this. So uh, I'm not going to go too much in depth with it, but basically, yeah. when you die, you lose all your kit. So you have to buy, you know, ten of the same weapon. It gives you that weapon ten times. But if you want to buy a blueprint, you can have that weapon. You know. Um, yeah unlimited amounts of that weapon and it's you know it's not that much money and you know it's not that much it's not that much in-game currency the isk to actually buy loads of these weapons so i'll go and I'll, I'll buy if i want an assault rifle i'll go and buy 30 of those assault rifles it's not going to break my bank or anything like that so um uh, when i was reading about it i liked the uh, the fact that it has some i mean i've never played eve but the the game seems to have some bearing on the whole political sway within the EVE Online game as well. It is interesting. I haven't gone into this too much, but um, I noticed certainly I looked at one of the star maps and you can kind of see who's battling over what territory. And um, it does look like there's gonna you, you're going to get sort of, if you, especially if you get involved in the core play, so clans and stuff like that, you could get yeah. heavily into that metagame. Yeah, because one thing I saw in the video was kind of an example of them using... Uh, your character, a character in Dust 514 calling down an airstrike from a cruiser that's in orbit, and obviously that cruiser is actually there within the EVE game doing just yeah. that. Yeah, putting down uh, the orbital strikes and stuff. I think if you are interested, um, there's a guy I, I, I watched a few YouTube videos of. He does some very, very simple, short uh, explanations of, of how to get through Dust. And I'm just going to give his name out a couple of times because... It's one of those games, Dust, that you do need to actually go and have a look at YouTube to kind of get your head around if you get lost. This, oh, guy's, this guy's name is Saints, um, as in S-A-I-N-T-S 929. Saints 929. And he does some really good Dust YouTube videos. Uh, just very, very simple kind of um, explanations on how, how the stuff behind the actual shooting bit works. So before you can get to the battlefield, all the stuff about how to create your character, what kind of weapons you want to use how, how the marketplace works all that kind of stuff so so very very good so um i'm not sure i'm going to put much more time into planet side i've, I've um there's a guy on the, on the forum who i think it might be length i'm not sure who, who plays quite a lot of it he hasn't played for a few months but i'm going to try and hook up with him at some point to try it out properly um, and if you want to give a go on that as well Clark, then i might just jump in on that yeah let's have a go uh, and then i think i'm going to try dust for 514 a little bit more um because it just just seems to tick my boxes a little bit more than the other one. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's it as far as games go for us, isn't it? 
That looks like it. Sweet. Um, oh, it looks like John's been playing some sort of dirty porn game on the uh, running order there. Yeah, it just says triple X. So the only things coming out in the next few weeks, uh, as well, not few, in the next week, sorry, is um, on the PC is Grid 2, which comes out Friday, um, 31st. So um, I'm sure it will be good. I'm not a racing person and it seems to have slipped me by anyway so I've, I've not really read or heard too much about this the first grid was was pretty good fun I remember and I've got a couple of mates who really really enjoyed it so the sequel is coming do, up do you really want another racing game pulling you away from Trackmania oh, I've played Trackmania for a couple of weeks I need to get back on that actually because again another game I really enjoyed that I haven't had the time to play because I'm playing yeah, other games it, it, yeah, it was quite quite funny you should say that because when I went away, there was a few games I was into that I just haven't played since in the time since I came back off my holiday. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'll get back. To so, so so much for absence makes the heart grow fonder. Isn't it just? <laughs> um, right. Well, I wanted to introduce a new feature which we're going to be calling um, the next big thing, uh, and this is this is something where we're going to try and hook up with the community as well. Uh, and basically what we're going to do is we're going to basically agree on a game that we're all going to try and play in the next week so that we can kind of report back on it, if you like, um, for the next show. And, and ju- just to reassure everyone, it will not be League of Legends. It won't be League of Legends because I banned it because I'm crap at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the only reason why. Um, so the next big thing, we're going to cheat a little bit for this week because it's the first one. We're going to say World of Tanks. So Clark and I said we're going to go and play some World of Tanks. We're going to do this, you know, obviously in our own time as well, but we also thought it might be quite good for a community night. So we're going to try and do this on um, Wednesday night. And we'll post the thing up on the forum um, and try and get, I think um, Sheepdog was actually going to try and get a clan together or or whatever they call it on there. Uh, So we're going to try and make this happen. So if anybody wants to come and see what we're waffling on about with with World of Tanks, the next big thing night will be this Wednesday, which is the... hmm, 29th of May. See, that's maths for you, Clarky. Um, uh, so, Wednesday, 29th. I know this is short notice for people who might have just not got this far into the podcast yet. And that's when we're going to be playing it. And we're going to make this kind of regular feature. We'll try and make it a Wednesday night special, if you like. We're going to try and pick a game. Might, it probably won't be a AAA release. It'll probably be a free to play game, small game, weird game, whatever. Uh, and we're just going to try and, and try and play that. So when we come back the next week, we've all got something we can talk about, and hopefully get some of you guys out there who are listening to this uh, interested as well. Yeah, what what we were going to do, I think we briefly discussed this as well, didn't we? Is um, we will look at recording some of the sessions, and if we <laughs> come across anything that's we find particularly humorous, we may actually uh, play it as a short soundbite on the show as well in the future. Possibly even YouTube or, or, or Twitch or something like that. But we'll, we'll see right. how that goes. We'll see how it right. plays out. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, if you want to be a movie star, baby, come to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's about it, really. Um, so that, that's games. The only other thing I wanted to talk about briefly was uh, we, we normally do a project section about this point. Um, we're kind of only going to talk about those when we've actually got some because obviously we can't afford, literally can't afford, to be doing a project every week to talk about. I can't build a new rig every week as much as I'd like to. Uh, so we're just going to throw in here bits and pieces we've been up to, if you like. Uh, and the only thing I think we've been up to is I've bought a new headset um, because I don't have enough headsets in my life at the moment. Um, I've, se- I've seen a picture of that. It's very... Very Apple whack. Oh, it's fucking sexy, is what it is. Um, basically, I've gone out and bought. I, I bought a QPad, um, a pair of QPad QH90s. 
yeah. Uh, <laughs> they cost about 90 quid. <laughs> Don't tell the wife. What? How much did you tell her they were? I haven't. She, she, <laughs> she, she, they arrived just literally as we were going on holiday. Um, did, did we you, were packing the car up and the postman sort of nice. turned up what? and sort of delivered them into my hand. So I managed to sort of squiff them under the stairs before she noticed then when i got back i kind of got them out she's like are they new no love had these for ages yeah, do, you, do, you, do you do that little trick that i do that if something gets delivered and the missus hasn't opened it you quickly rip the box up and pull the invoice out and shove it in your pocket <laughs> don't you have some like pre-printed ones with loads of cheaper prices on well that's, should, that would be a great that's the way to go Amazon my friend that yeah, it would be right, right. yeah, I think like I think a gift you could say do you want this as a gift no I want it as a lie <laughs> yeah. a lie. can you say these cost 15 pounds yeah. yeah mark the brass down please <laughs> <laughs> that would be sweet so anyway yes I got these um, these cue pads and um, they're very very nice actually they come they're beautifully presented mate when you get it this box is solid and it opens like one of those you know you see in the film you get those gift boxes of, of, of um mm. Uh, where you kind of pull it, and it's all solid, and it's all, they're all inlaid in foam beautifully, and it's all lovely, and it's all stylish. And these are these are apple white, I suppose, is the best way of putting it, because they do look like apple-y. Um, full closed cup headphones. And the reason why I got them was basically I've got a pair of um, Turtle Beach X12s, which I normally use, um, but I find them really uncomfortable. They put too much pressure on my head. They squeeze in too tight. Um and I can't use them for more than half an hour without actually getting a headache and, and stuff, just because they, they just squash, squash in my head. Um, so I bought these uh, because they were PC gamers best buy, basically. It just happened to be uh, a feature they were doing in that whilst I was um, whilst I was browsing for new headsets. And I thought, well, fine, whatever. Um, they are very, very nice. They're very, very light, closed cupped. Um, they have a removable... Um, microphone to them literally so you can just pull it out if you want to and I use them uh, around the house when I do the housework they're that light um, but they come with they come with a nice sort of uh, inline control with, with a kind of mute um, function of volume control on it and whatever um, they only plug in there's no USB power to them which plugs straight through to the um, you know the headphone and mic jack and they also come with a lovely little uh Adapter which allows you to plug it straight into your, your iPhone if you want to or your iPod, um, and they're just very very nice, very very swish bits of cabling. So it's all the cabling's all either that really really thick rubberized kind of cable that just doesn't it, it, it doesn't tangle because it's that thick, uh, or it's that nice um, fabricated tight woven kind of uh, kind of affair, and they're just very very nice. You can kind of feel the quality on them. The sound quality is really good on them. Nice bass on it, nice treble. Uh, you know, if you're playing a shooter or whatever, you can really sort of feel the kick of the gun through the headset, which is, which is nice. They're only stereo, but that's absolutely fine for me because they do really good a kind of um, pseudo surround sound. I don't think it's supposed to do pseudo surround sound, but it just you can kind of tell quite nicely when you're listening where the shots are coming from and whatever. So yeah, really great. You, you, you need to uh, you need to get out in public with these and sort of. Turn people away from those bloody beats, beats. Those beats have Doctor Dre's, whatever they called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was. Yeah. That I was on High Street Mon. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, it was quite a funny incident with some of those. I was on the bu- the bus going to work a few weeks ago, and uh, these two kids get on the bright bloody red over ear headphones. 
big B on the side. I thought, oh, yeah, look at you two. Both get on the bus, sit down. About t- 10 minutes later, this sweet old lady, she must have been in her early 60s at least, sits down at the front of the bus, whips out this pair of Beats headphones. <laughs> and I, I just slowly turned around and these two lads, just, these two lads just whipped them off the head. Straight, it was really funny. <laughs> That's just sweet. I like things like that. Okay, I think um, probably time for a break now. We've we've been going on for far too long. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after that with some some films and possibly a little bit of Xbox One chat. So uh, stay tuned. Welcome back. Um, Now we're going to talk a little bit about movies. Um, because we've been far too, far too busy to read books. Um, so, Clarky, do you want to kick me off with um, something that is, well, fairly recent, really? Go on. Uh, yes, I watched Django Unchained last night. Very good. I keep wanting to refer to this as Durango Unchained since the Xbox One launch, but that's really too high. No, the D's silent. Oh, well, never mind. Go on, then. Um, your typical Tarantino film. So very good, very violent. Oh, absolutely. A lot of talking, a <laughs> lot of violence. Obviously, I don't want to be spoiling any plot details, but it was very, very good. Definitely worth a rental. What's um, for, out? Well, for anyone not in the know, I was going to get to that, don't yeah. worry. You do this sometimes, it, you know. You watch well, one half an hour outside and they go, sorry, <laughs> what was this called? Yeah, it's uh, basically about a slave, the uh, titular Django. Who uh, was he titulating? Oh, absolutely. He's uh, basically rescued by a, uh, a German bounty hunter. What kind um, of time are we talking about here? What, what are we talking? What? It's uh, set in the Wild West. Ah, okay. So uh, yeah, he's rescued by a. Uh, he's basically rescued by a bounty hunter who wants him for some information that he has. Um, uh, who ends up befriending him and basically takes him on a bit of a quest to uh, rescue his. Uh, Slave Django's slave wife, who uh, is being held by a very nasty man, who's played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, um, cue lots of violence, lots of very edgy, uh, knife, knife edge type uh, dialogue, and uh, you've got yourself another Tarantino hit. Awesome. It's, uh, the uh, the the film's basically stolen by um, the guy who plays uh, Django's saviour and mentor i can't remember his name now just stolen by someone he forgotten absolutely well yeah he won the uh christopher waltz okay yep he won the uh he won the best supported actor oscar in uh inglorious bastards uh which is tarantino's last film and uh he actually won it again for uh for this film as well the same award so yeah it's uh it's an amazing film again i don't want to go too much into it but uh after I know Death Proof and um, Planet Terror double bill films he did were kind of yeah and he's uh, definitely back on form with this that's, so that's, uh, well worth good. a watch one for a nice romantic evening then well absolutely I did watch it with the missus and she seemed to thoroughly enjoy it as well oh there you go not quite like my film yeah what's all this about this, well, sounds, this seems a bit artsy fartsy ah uh, it was. It's not that bad. This was um, this is a film called Quartet, which is a yeah. fairly recent film in the sense it's 
you know, only a year old. <laughs> Directed by Dustin Hoffman, and fairly star-studded course. It's got Maggie Smith, Tom Courtney, Billy Colony in it, um, and it's um, and Michael Gambon's in it as well, doing a very, 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 very good, uh, lovey performance. It's. Am I, uh, I going to take a stab in the dark here and say this is set in an old people's home? Possibly, yes. <laughs> this is this is you know I'm on holiday, I'm in a in a cottage in deepest darkest Wales, and uh, my wife pulls out not a skimpy three piece negligee but a copy of Quartet. Um, <laughs> so this goes on the DVD player, and it's okay. It's it's basically it the the, the plot revolves around the fact that it's uh, a, a very swish. A retirement home for ex-musicians, but or retired musicians, I suppose you call it. And um, there's a, an annual concert which is used to to raise funds to keep the the um, the house, the home going, basically. And uh, the, there's kind of interplay there between one of the, one of the guys who lives there uh, and his ex-wife turns up and there's all sorts of all angst and stuff like this um, but it's basically stolen by Billy Connolly being Billy Connolly mm. and playing basically an old an OAP Lothario to um, Sheridan Smith um, who plays the kind of the, the house I don't know what you want to call it she's, but I think she plays a doctor in it but she's basically kind of the head of the, the home the person who runs it and he basically Sheridan Smith if people who can't remember her played one of the leads in Two Points of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. Um, the ah, blonde yes. girl with the big kahunas. Um, <laughs> that's the only way I remember oh, it. Oh, now I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it's all coming back to you now. She's done loads and loads of stuff. Um, but she she and um, Billy Connolly just, just, just seem to do very, very well. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she... I don't know why. Just seems to have a very good chemistry there. And... Um, yeah, a, a quite an enjoyable little film, really. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing laugh out loud hysterical. But if you if you're looking for something that you think I need to get by an evening with the wife, and she wants to watch something that doesn't involve people stabbing each other through the heart with big knives or anything else, Django Unchained desk, then Quartet mm-hmm. might be the way to go for you. But was um, it was it a, a suitable alternative to the nice three piece outfit then? Not really. Left it no, to well. be decided. To be honest, I think I'd have preferred the three piece. Um, but you know, it's it was good enough. So you know, if you do see it, it's worth a watch. It's it's if you're in that kind of mood for something a little bit more downbeat, and you know, wife is pestering you to stop playing violent video games, then this this may be something that you've got an option on. Um, so that's about it, really. Considering I spent an entire week away, we only watched one film. The rest of it was basically made up with watching loads of. Um, I bought the Lewis box set before we went out. Oh. So we, we ended up watching loads you, of you, Lewis. You do episodes. like you do like your country detectives, don't you? Oh no, I can't stand Midsummer Murders, but um, I do like my Lewis and my Morse. So yeah, that was that was nice, man. Um, so yeah, can I uh, can I just put forward a slight apology for that last section as well to all the viewers out there? I may have come across as slightly distracted when I started talking about Django Unchained, namely due to the fact that Mrs. Snap just pressed a chest up against the glass doors asking for a packet of cigarettes. And there we go. Of this? No, no. <laughs> well, no, because I, I wasn't expecting it. No, and I bet way- you weren't. 
Oh, no, absolutely not. The, Does uh, she do this to everybody, or is it just you? No, it, it's it, it's just me. She's she don't go down the corner shop and sort of thrust the hardware against the glass and sort of say, <laughs> no, have a stroke for ten smokes or something. I don't know. No, no, I'm uh, I'm not going to ask her about that. That's the one <laughs> uh, no, she she I'm not going to go into it, but she she tends to have a little thing where she tries to pull a quietly pull a joke on me every time she's re- I'm recording the show. And uh, she finally caught she caught me out a little bit with that one. Yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move but, on quickly before uh, we have to, I see yeah, something yeah. else to distract you. No, no, that's fine. I just I just wanted to you know keep it real for everyone and make it make everyone aware that we have still got that uh, this is the cutting edge. But this is absolutely the professional. Clarky is you know. That's it. Yeah, that that cutting edge professionalism and humour that you've all come to expect on bits and PCs. Anyway, moving on. Right, <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about news, and there's various bits and pieces of news out there. There's things around Microsoft have brought out a new mouse with a, a button specifically for Windows on it, for Windows 8, and it's like, yep, okay, not really that interesting. Um, but you can't really ignore the fact that the Xbox One, the X-Bone, um, as people seem to be referring to it, which I think is awful, um, has been revealed. And, you know, you're going to be sick to death of hearing people talk about what they were and weren't expecting and where were the games and all this sort of thing. And is it really a games console anymore? And da, 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 da. But I thought it might be more interesting to look at this more in line of, of how this will affect the PC market and, and, and all that kind of thing. And how us as PC gamers, predominantly PC gamers, um, I think that the Xbox One, or I like to call it the XBO, you see, <laughs> did there XBO? Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I see what you did. I see what yeah, you yeah. did there. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, <laughs> how six, how do you six. think this mm. affects the PC kind of market? Because we've talked a lot in the past about how maybe the resurgence of PC gaming might be to do with the fact that the consoles have come to the end of their their kind of life cycle. So people are, are shifting over to PC gaming because they can get smarter graphics because the, the hardware is letting down on the console side of it or, or whatever that be or, or better indie titles and stuff like this um so there, there are a few things we want to talk about one, one was the fact that the xbox one seems to be ignoring indie not ignoring them but kind of not showing them the special love and care and attention they seem to demand um you know they're basically ditching the live arcade um and xna has basically disappeared a while ago and they're grouping all under the same games. And they're basically saying to publishers, you can't self-publish anymore. You have to come at it with a publisher, which for small developers, um, you know, people like Thomas of Loma's creator, Mike Bithel has just turned around and said, you know, forget it. You won't be seeing Project 2 on the Xbox One then. Um, they, they find it very difficult to sort of get a publisher. That's a quite, a, quite a big step for them. It's quite, it's quite a difficult for them to get a publisher to, come, to appear on these platforms. So effectively rules them out of publishing on the Xbox One. Um, obviously the PC's got an open source thing but it's in Steam and Greenlight and things so do you think it's it's, it's a push more indie stuff our way or what Clarky? Mm, well I can only see that the indie stuff's going to basically be shared between PC gamers and Playstation now well, it's difficult to say isn't it because yeah it, PC's always my, been kind of where, where indie gaming's come from yeah I mean from a raw power and graphics point of view yeah it, it it's impressive but it in pc terms what it, that's going to be outdated in what six months time you're uh, going to be able to pick a bit I mean, you can pick a pc up now that's probably more powerful 
Oh, you can pick one that's more powerful than what it is now. It's, it's, it depends on the price point yeah. you're out at. I mean, that's, well, that's, that's it, price, yeah. It? And if that comes out at 400 quid, then you might have to say, well, that's cheaper than the equivalent PC at the moment, maybe. Um, I haven't priced yeah. it up. You could probably get close to that, I suppose. But um, I, I think... There's, there's no way. I mean, they've, I, the whole thing was a shambles, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, what I never got about it was they kept saying to us, oh, you won't see games, you won't see games, you won't see games. Then why have you invited the entire world's gaming press yeah. to this to this reveal? I mean, if you if it's not about the games, then invite tech press, invite TV press, invite, you know, yeah. normal bog standard press. Don't invite gaming journalists. Advertise it to gaming streams. Have streams set up with places like IGN, Eurogamer, whatever. Why do that? Yeah, my my biggest bugbear was it with it was that they had the whole thing handed to them on a platter, didn't they? I mean, they saw what Sony had done a few months before. So, from my point of view, the way I say, it, all they had to do was show what Sony showed and show the console as well, and they just didn't bother. Yeah, pretty pretty much pretty much and but then they didn't seem to have any answers to any questions either so no that that that, that was it you, you you had this hour-long show and the only real information started coming out after it had finished on yeah what, social what they, forums what they basically did was they they did the, the presentation and then they took the journalists after the presentation finished backstage if you like and they toured them around the facility, and apparently they were very good at this. They, you know, they took journalists off and showed them the hardware, let them get hands on with some of the tech, you know, so that they couldn't play any games on it. But they had, you know, some of the, um, so for example, with the controller and things, they had some some tech demos up for for things like, um, you know, uh, how the triggered rumbles would work and things like this, and that was great. But then when they asked them the questions that, bear in mind, had been going around the internet for the last three months about yeah. things like what's going on with the Lindy and Live Arcade, what's going on with the second-hand games, does it need to be always online and shit like this? They had no answers. They couldn't, and they kept giving the wrong ones or conflicting answers. It was just an absolute mm. shambles. But as far as kind of taking it back to the PC thing, one of the, one of the big things people were up in arms about was this whole second-hand games thing. Um, yeah. I now, mean, yeah. Does, this, does this really affect us? Because, I mean, as far as I see it, the PC gaming hasn't had a second-hand market for ever. Market for a long, well, well a very long, long time. time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy for us as PC gamers to around say, but the, the yeah. point about it is, is that's fine when we can pick up games for fifteen quid, twenty quid. You know, I've I've bought in the last year, you know, quite a lot of AAA brand new games for less than twenty pound oh. on launch day. Yeah, I mean, well, I bought Tomb Raider a Tomb week Raider. after you bought it, yeah. 17.99. Exactly. I bought Dead Island Riptard the day after it came out, 17.99. I, yeah. You know, I, I saw Metro last night the day after release date for 17.99. It's just really tempted by that. I was, uh, yeah. I mean, there was loads. I mean, I bought things like um, what you call it, Dishonored. I bought for less than 20 quid. Uh, all the ones you've just mentioned, pretty much, have gone in my on my Steam list. And I haven't got them yet. Um, Far Cry, I think I picked up for less than 20 quid. So you know, and all these were either launch date or within that first you know week. Say they weren't. You know, I didn't wait a month or anything like that. This is just uh, it's ridiculous. Now the problem I see, I don't have a problem with you know if I've got a console 
uh, and you know, I do this. I, I buy games, I play them, and the wonderful thing about my console is I can sell it on. And I've obviously, in the mm. past, I've justified it to my wife, and I've sort of turned around and said, "Yeah, well, I've bought this game for forty quid, but I get guarantee you, I'll get rid of it for more than thirty. So I've only ended up actually paying up a tenner for it." Yeah. And yeah, that logic does stand stand proud, but I want. And then you look at the number of developers that have shut their doors in the last 12, 24 months, you know, I don't think we can continue like this. You know, they, they need to get, I think it was um, David Cage was saying that for something like uh, Heavy Rain, they sold 2 million copies of that game. Now, this is a, this is... A, I, I don't really want to call it a triple A title. It's probably like a double A title if you want, because it was kind of a niche market, if you like. But this is a game that had a lot of hype behind it, an awful lot of whatever, and they only managed to sell two million copies of it. But he said that three million people played it. You know, because exactly. they can track your treat, your, well, your trophies, yeah. so they can track how many people have actually played. So another fifty percent on top of what they sold, they missed out on revenue from. Which, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, from that point of view, it seems unfair, but this is the whole reason we have DLC. It is. It, it, it's a way for it's another way for developers to get you know a claw money back on secondhand sales as well. well they they tried I mean, this with things like the online pass and things like that. So Battlefield, yeah. you know, you could go and buy it for twenty quid pre-owned, but then you'd have to cough up another twenty. Uh, was it ten or fifteen quid or whatever it was to, to get the online pass, which basically took you up to a brand new retail game anyway. Um, as I understand it, what's going to happen is there's going to be a, a fee at the retail side. So, you know, that basically, if I walked into game, I could see a new copy at 40 quid and then a pre owned copy at, if it was game, 42 pounds. But are you going to see it at 42 pounds? Well, this is the problem. The, I think the, I've never I, understood I, how, how Steam manages to do it and how PC games manage no, to do it. I can imagine this. Yeah, I think this is going to be a threat, but I think it's going to be to your, your smaller independent retailers. Your, your, your big chains, I don't think, are going to lose out that much because I can see the way it's going to work is you basically, what Microsoft are going to say to Game or you know GameStop in the uh, in the US, look, if you want to sell our second half games, we want this much off you per year. Are they going I to really they're, they're charge they'll it? License it, yeah. They'll license it and then take it. Yeah. You know, so, I want so, so, pay off you for the license, yeah, and, and then I also want ten percent of ever. Which could potentially, you know, only you could only be looking at a markup of a few pounds on used games for Xbox One and potentially PS4. When that, it might. So. I, what I found, I found really difficult to take was this whole sort of the console people up in arms about this and say, so, oh, how dare you block used games? If that's the case, I'm going to Sony, and it's like, well. Sony will do something similar, you know. They're not daft. The publishers have been asking for this. It's not the not the console companies that have been, you know, they don't want to do it. Um, so it doesn't matter. They're both going to have some kind of stop on or not block on secondhand games, but you know, some way of collecting revenue off it. Um, I think Steam have tried. Sort of, I think there was talk previously about the Steam sort of doing some kind of trade in thing with games but that's you know I, I basically take if I buy a game on Steam that's my money gone but yeah. that's not a problem when games are as cheap as they are on Steam oh well, there we go but I can't see this driving down the price of games on consoles so there's no trade off here 
it's a win-win for the console developers and, and the publishers. But for for Joe Blogs in the street who's buying the games, you know, they're still going to be forty-five pound RRP or fifty pound RRP if they're talking lightly about new console games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's the same every generation. I mean, the last time I can remember games being really, really expensive was back in the days when they were on cartridges and yeah you, you paid 40 or 50 pounds but from a ps1 onwards i've rarely have ever paid more than what 30 35 quid for a brand new game yeah i mean it just kind of worries me that this is this is going to go down the line of uh, you know the the console devs basically you know microsoft sony whoever the publishers being able to dictate the market and monopolize the market with only because i mean obviously microsoft and sony is a closed system so you know Microsoft can pretty much say this is how much this is going to cost because this is our box. We choose the rules for it. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's not fantastic news, but if they'd have been upfront about it to begin with, maybe not such a big blow. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I just th- I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I, I want developers. No, absolutely. And I've got no problem with with developers taking a cut of of whatever i think they deserve that and they should be getting money off that um but it would be nice to see that if that's the case then they should be getting the same kind of benefits the pc gamers get i.e lower starting prices for games you know exactly. that, that would be that would be a nice way to go but i can't see it happening um the only other thing that seems to have come out of the the big xbo reveal so i'm using it it will catch on um <laughs> is the fact that a lot of pc get uh well, games publishers are now saying, thank God for that, we can now start pushing the hardware a bit more. Because they've basically been curtailed by the fact that, you know, the Xbox One's only got what, 512 RAM in there, which is, quite frankly, ridiculous. Um, you know, so at least they can now start stretching their legs a little bit with, with games. Um, and I'm hoping- what, what, what does that equate to? Just larger games, better graphics? Well, I th- I'm hoping it will also mean things like netcode and, and so, for example, things like um, the difference in, in you know, 64-player multiplayer Battlefield 3 versus, what is it on the console? It's got to be... 24? 16. 16? 24. 24, I think it is. Um, hang on, three seems of four. Yeah, 24, I think. So, you know, that, I would hope, would be one of the benefits from that but also you know obviously better ai better physics better you know whatever it be you know making making gta 6 look like an actual populated city rather than just you know uh, yeah. people wandering about the streets and they're always the same ones and they all look, you know you play something like hitman absolution there was an awful lot of talk about hitman absolution or look at the crowd scenes but you look at the crowd scenes and there's like 15 model types yeah repeated <laughs> five or six times throughout a scene so hopefully things like that will get better uh, you know i think what they were talking about when i've been listening to to other to devs and, and other articles and whatever talking about is is you won't see you're not going to get that same jump you got from the ps2 to the ps3 or the ps2 to the 360 the xbox to the 360 you're not going to get that immediate boom look at that hasn't that doesn't that look wonderful it's going to be more about the immersive stuff that happens in that to make it feel yeah. real. I mean, with respect to the indie stuff, that that is something that surprised me a lot, considering, you know, Xbox is the platform that has the console version of Minecraft on it, which is, what, the ultimate indie game. Mm. 
uh, I, I was just, uh, I, I saw a story earlier on that um, Sony have uh, presented uh, Notch, who created Minecraft with a, uh, a golden PS1, which is uh, basically an open invite for him to come and uh, come and have a chat with oh, them about they, the future. They don't half call, you know, they, 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 they really do court the indie developer at the moment. But oh, you yeah. don't know whether that was because you know, they're leading up to a console launch. They want to get people on side. You don't, you know, but to be fair, if you look at how Sony have done things in the past, you know, my, my PS3 has had far more decent indie games on there. Well, you know, define what is indie, but say smaller PSN type games of, of more class. My Vita has, has more really good small games on there than Xbox Live Arcade does. Yeah. I mean, what, um, what, what have we got coming up on the Vita? So, you know, I think Terraria is being released soon, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the summer. But you've also got things like, you know, I'm not going to buy another fucking game on the Xbox Live Arcade. Because no. they don't carry over to the Xbox One. So if I no, go and buy an X, an X Bone, um, <laughs> I can't, you know, so you've got the, the summer of arcade is about to hit. You know, their big sort of thing where they push their yeah. Xbox Live indie games. And I'm just going to be like, no. But then I'm not contending to buy an Xbox. XBO anyway, so what's the point? I know, I mean, taking it away from PC for a moment, I will have, I will buy one of these, and it's PlayStation at the moment. I think so, and it's a shame because, you know, yeah, I mean, not built up a really good, I mean, I think the thing that things annoyed me, I felt quite betrayed by it, and I know that sounds, that's quite a personal thing to say, I feel betrayed by a multinational company, but Xbox, Microsoft, were the people that came out and showed Sony how to do this. Sony have been producing games after games after games. They were all they're all JRPGs, they're all sort of this Xbox came in, it was like boom, first person shooters, great. Build up a community, get Xbox Live on site, made it a much more social thing, made made gaming what it is, made it more like PC gaming, made it a social thing. Um you know, brought PC games to the mass market if you want. You know, hey that's a fucking PC game. That's what yeah, you know, that's exactly. where the whole first-person shooter thing came from on consoles. It's from that they they you know kind of presented themselves as the hardcore console. You know, we're for the hardcore gamer. We're for those real gamers. And then they kind of just go around and go, oh yeah. Uh, by the way, TV, sports, sports. Yeah, TV, it, TV, it, TV, TV, sports, sports, TV. Everyone must have seen that. It's if you ignore the sales figures, it just seems a bit like this current generation's turned into a bit of a tortoise and the hare race, really. Yeah, I mean, PS, if, if they'd gone on any longer, and I think this is why Xbox, there were strong rumors about Xbox, obviously because the architecture is good, you know, the hardware is, is well out of date, but they had to launch this year, because if they hadn't launched this year, Sony would have overtaken them easily. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a poor presentation of the... XB, whatever you're wanting to call it, that's going to get this show shut down. The XBO. Um, the, XBO. <laughs> the lawyers will be in touch soon. I like it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not just the presentation. It's just, I mean, from my own point of view, the PlayStation 4 seems like the more the thing I'm going to get more use out of. I mean, out of this console generation, I I didn't t- even take part in it until very late. I bought an Xbox 360 two and a half years ago, three years ago. I've played pretty much all of the AAA titles I've released on it, and then six months, well, th- three or four months ago, I picked up a PS3. Most of the games I have on that are what I've been given free through, well, not free, 
free, but through my PS Plus membership. And oh, now, yeah, certainly. But yeah, th- there's still a hell of a lot of games from this generation that I still want to play. And obviously, with the PS4, I'll in all likelihood obviously be able to stream that with the uh, with the streaming service. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't, I don't think that any of that's going to be there for launch. I think Sony have to be very, oh, very yeah. careful. They put an awful lot of promises out there at their reveal that they're looking at happening during the console's lifetime. So you exactly. want to be a little bit careful with how that goes and how they represent this, that. This that that same thing damaged the Vita with the whole yeah. PS One. I, I think what what Microsoft got right was they got Xbox Live right, and that's what's making it so difficult for me. Um, my Xbox Live account, my friends on that. If I leave to go, if I don't buy an Xbox One, because they'll all go buy an Xbox One. They'll go, oh, you know, they don't PC game. They're not. They're not kind of gaming isn't what it is to me gaming for me is like something i do every day the people i play with on that are kind of like they'll play it on a friday night i'll play blobs 2 on the 360 with it yeah that's that's what they do and i'm going to miss that but if i go and buy a ps3 a ps4 i'm going to miss you know that, that's what i'm going to miss out on and that's just, that's yeah. a real shame but you know I, I just have to basically now try and talk them into buying a ps3 instead <laughs> i mean the whole yeah, we've shot our console a bit off. That, I mean, that's a complete. I wish they hadn't. It was fucking minging. Ah, uh, uh, no, it, it looks like a. I don't know. It's like a. It's a mom, I think. Some people are yeah. saying it's really lush, and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. Well, I'm just wondering whether that thing it was actually sat on was a stand or the power supply yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it. it, it yeah, it, it's nice to see your games console, but at, at the end of the day. PlayStation, Microsoft, whoever else releases a games console, when you buy it and plug it in, what's the one thing you don't have any... Yeah. I can't see my you, consoles. Well, yeah, you, you, that, that's it. Once you plug the bloody thing in, the only interaction you have with the console is you shove a disc in the front. I mean, you don't even have to press a bloody button on the front well, to that's, turn that's it on good. now. I mean, face it, the PS3, I don't chuck a disc in. I have to, I don't, the only time I chuck a disc in that is if it's a Blu-ray, because everything I've Yeah, yeah well, exactly, yeah. And it, you know, it's, so they showed the controller. That's all I cared about. What did the controller yeah, and, Oh, they've made it a bit more like a 360 one. Excellent. Yeah, and the, the PlayStation 4 didn't show the console, but it showed the things you will interact with, the right. camera, the... And that's another thing that always on Kinect camera. Uh, that worries me. I, I, I don't like that. I really uh, don't like that. Always watching you, my friend. It's always watching you. And so yeah. I can't remember. I didn't look into this, so I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to know how much truth there is. It is. But someone tweeted up that apparently the FBI have got the right to 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 use that Kinect stream oh, your consoles off. And I just say, fuck that, man. That ain't coming in my lounge. In fact, in fact, you can edit this part out of the show because I'm on with this one. I'm going to launch a range of designer cloths that you basically throw over your connector <laughs> basically block it like off. A, like, a, like a budgie thing. Yeah, yeah, you can stick them in your Emporium. We'll get you to knock up a few you know, bits and PCs logo on it. You know, fancy a bit of slap and tickle. Most and of bits just, and PCs ain't going to be yeah. buying a fucking console, are they? But I think yeah. the other thing that this might do is it might push more people into buying a PC instead of getting a new console. I think if they're yeah. on the fence about it and they're thinking PS3, X, uh, sorry, PS4, XBO, which way should I go? PC might be an option. So you never know. It might it might do that. It might push more people over to, and, to and the, plus, the light side. Plus with the PC, you can choose what the fancy box looks like. Odds are, odds are you'll be having a route around inside her at some point. Yeah, and odds are it'll be smaller than the XBO. <laughs> exactly. Right, let's move on because we're going to chaff on about bloody consoles all night um so that's about it for tonight's show uh it's been a bit of a lot uh i hope you don't mind um 
there's oh what's this chat box live on the main site clarky talk to me yes just as i was logging in to uh look at our show notes this evening i noticed a new option when i was signing into the in advance that's good well exactly i noticed a new option on the uh on the login screen which uh, i think says is it mini chat um i went in there and i noticed did you have a Cuban. chat I, I did yeah cube and uh jay were in there testing it out um oh. i was presented with the black screen with very grayed out writing but was instructed to clear my internet cache especially if i use google chrome and it appears and we can talk to each other with nothing more than wow. a 10 second delay that's um, amazing yeah that's it, like it, technology no well you know we're a mature gamer podcast so why not hark back to technology from the 90s <laughs> it's uh no, it, it, we'll it, have a it's telegraph a machine soon you watch <laughs> yeah i mean it's a bit Oh, Maybe no, a little less. That's interesting. Oh, it's good. I mean, it's a little, little less intrusive than you shoving your personal business on Twitter. And uh, I think uh, Jay's well, working like on there. Yeah. Is pushing a personal business all over the place. Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, words were there about that. Yeah, indeed, but uh, no, I think Jay's working on a mobile version of it as well. And uh, he's a good boy, that Jay. It it's, uh, it looks like a little bit of fun. That I can see that taking up a bit of time. Sweet. Um, what else? Oh yes, reminder for donations. Uh, well, I don't think you should donate. I think you should use the affiliate links, though. Um, on the site we have, on the main page of, of MatureGamerPodcast.com, um, there are links there which you can purchase. If you're going to go and purchase from Amazon or I think Shop 2 is up there and play, um, it doesn't cost you anything extra. All you do is you click on that link. It takes you through to the site of your choice. So Amazon, for example, you do your shopping as normal. And all it means is that the site get a little cut of of what you spend it's not very much at all um it's like a tiny tiny percentage but it all helps to go towards running the show and and the hosting for these feeds and these podcasts and such forth um so please use them if you do um review us on itunes i haven't looked for the last couple of weeks but i'm sure there's hundreds of new new reviews on there but we could always do with a few more it, it's all good us. i had a little look oh good well they, they all they all help push us up the charts a bit more if you want to update your your um itunes review because you think we've got better or worse or whatever seriously um please go ahead and do so because we'd like to hear the feedback that'd be really useful for us um, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the main Twitter feed for for the actual show is at MGP Bits. That's B I T S. Um, I'm at Vimesy74, and I'm at Clarky Snap. Um, there is a Facebook page. Just uh, search for the Mature Gamer Podcast. You'll find it. Um, and if you want to email us about anything, um, please use the the email address MGP Bits at MatureGamerPodcast.com. Um, I'm not going to give out team email addresses because I haven't been given one. Clark, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, oh, I've got one. Oh, once again. Got one. Have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Your missus has been shoving her bits in something and, you know, well, got yourself a, a nice, you know, email address, posh email address. Well, well, there you go. Jay on the forum is easily pleased. What more can I say? <laughs> um, in well, fact, I, I, I better not say much more on the matter because there's a little running joke involving the moon and a stick, which uh, he threatens me with often. Awesome. Uh, but yes, I have an email address. You can email me at um, uh, no, this is not my Twitter bit, Matthew. It's Clarke at maturegamerpodcast.com. So if you want to send me free games codes, free stuff, naked pictures of your uh, significant others, unless of course you're a female forum member, then by all means, that's the address to send it to. Oh joy! If you want to get hold of me in particular for whatever reason, um, at um, I was going to say at vimesy74 again. It's not. It's vimesy74 at gmail.com. We'll do that and get in touch with me um one of the things we're trying to bring forward 
uh, into to this show is a little bit more um, community participation. And for that matter, we're going to be launching a new thing, um, as well as um, the next big thing, where we all try and get together and play the same game. Um, I'm also going to try and do something called Pimp Your Game. Yeah, you can tell I made that. <laughs> um, uh, wow, that's game. original. Yeah, well, you know, don't know where I got it from. But Pimp Your <laughs> Game is basically about, if, if you're out there and you, you're playing, you're the only person in the world playing... Uh, well, like Clarky was not so long ago, Barbie's Horse Adventure. But it's a game you really love and you want to tell people <laughs> about. Um, then hit me up um, at Vimesy. Oh, I'm doing it again at Vimesy. Vimesy74 at, at um, gmail.com or, or the show uh, email address at um, mgpbit at maturegamerpodcast.com. Uh, and just tell me a little bit about you, what game it is you want to talk about. Um, I have a couple of ideas of people who are, who are into games that. Maybe it's not mainstream, but they, they have a lot of love for it and they want to talk about And we're going to basically record a little 10-minute interview with you about what the game is, why you like it so much, why people should come and play it, and what they can do to get involved in it or whatever. And we'll, we'll throw that in the show um, because I think it would be nice. And to, just just to clarify, we're not interested in League of Legends videos, John, um, nor are we interested in Proton's videos probably involving some sort of Polish horse rustling game. Nice. I like the sound of that. Um, but, you know, if there is anything interesting out there that you want to talk about, whether it be, I don't know, um, Darkfall to World of Tanks to, to whatever, hit us up and we're going to do a little interview with you and put you out on the show and you'll be famous. Man. People will look up to you. You'll get so much kudos. It's untrue. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so that's about it for today. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another fun pack show. Thanks very much. <laughs>